Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cut to the Chase Bengals Blitz. I'm your host, Chase Yance. Uh, If you guys are listening to us, obviously make sure your favorite uh, this podcast, if you get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get it. There's so many places to get podcasts. Uh, You know, it's a big thing. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate it. Like the video, subscribe, comment, do whatever you can with it. Um, If you're also watching it on YouTube, if you're listening as well, um, you'll see a guy to my right who sounds almost alike because, you know, he's my dad. Uh, you got Chad Yon Sr. in the house, my dad. Uh, what's going on, Dad? Hey, I'm just uh, finishing up a day at work and getting me a workout in. Uh, excited to get on this podcast and talk about my team, Bengals. Got that right. I mean, that's obviously something that we share in common. We, you know, share pretty deeply. Uh, you know, obviously, if people are listening to us, you'll be, you know, somewhat getting the same kind of flow like you know like my grandma and grandpa get when it comes to you know listening to us on phone calls and everything because you're not going to be really able to tell the difference in who's talking in this one because we've gotten you know gotten that a lot isn't that right it's like chris collinsworth and his son honestly though it's pretty wild uh, you know how how that is and stuff i mean they they they're the same i mean physically they're the same bill but then obviously you look at the you know hear the voice it's like i mean i can't even tell who's a part i mean imagine those two calling the same game together you won't even be able to tell the difference on hard to tell the difference yeah got that right but but yeah um not gonna waste any time into this um obviously you know me and my dad watch almost every single Bengals game together when possible it's been we've been doing this for 
such a long time. He's actually been on the podcast before, which is a couple years back. Uh, we did a you know a couple shows last year. Uh, you know, we did a Steelers game preview and a Dallas Cowboys game preview. We went zero and two. We were like, ah, we should probably hold off on the next week's episode. And what what happened to that? The Bengals won fourteen of the next seventeen games. Obviously, yeah. had nothing to do with it, you know. But <laughs> you know, just had to throw that out there. But um, you know, I was back home this weekend. Uh, the bye week was in effect for the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, needed some help from a lot of the blue teams in the National Football League, the Colts, the Lions, the Rams, and the result of that had us Bengals fans feel pretty blue when it came to Nothing. the results. Nothing yeah, no happened. Help. This no is help. The, yep, the worst – this was the worst bye week I think I've ever seen when it comes to other teams in our division's results. You had the Cleveland Browns. Uh, honestly, we're going to talk about officiating later on the show. Let's talk about officiating now, actually. I mean – we, we obviously had a heated discussion about this. We were all on the same side. I mean, obviously, my, my older brother, Chad, uh, Chad Yance Jr., was over at our house, too, and we were having this whole thing going on. Uh, the Browns, I mean, don't get me wrong. They scored 39 points. They played a very good game. Their defense was really good. But, I mean, they got bailed out at the end. What were your thoughts on that? Obviously, they've had a couple of days to relax. Well, i got a lot of friends that are Browns fans, and they made some valid points. You know, they, they've – really been the recipient of some terrible calls. If you think a couple weeks, about three, was it three or four years ago in the AFC championship game on the, oh, was it, I think it was a. Yeah, the division, divisional round. Yeah, they divisional played round. the Chiefs. Chiefs. Those are the Chiefs. Chiefs. So, yeah. So they've had, they've had their fair share of bad they calls. Have. And, I, and I, I'm not a Browns hater, um, but that was, the end of that game was pretty bad. Um, that was, that was pretty rough. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm, I'm pretty hot. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, obviously, you know, each team has probably been on, you know, been on the bad side of things, the good side of teams. Some teams have been on the good side of things more times than not, uh, to say the least. But I mean, you know, obviously, I think a lot more people are upset about it because the Browns have been on the good, you know, that side of things twice in the last two weeks. I mean, against the That's Niners, true. they, they yeah. got away with a couple of things. But, you know, in the end, you know, wins a win in the National Football League. And that's really the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Uh, you know, the Browns, a good football team. Obviously, they, you know, handed it to us uh, week one. Hopefully, we'll see them week 18 with some big stakes coming on. Uh, looking at the Ravens, uh, they uh, took Brown, down the, the, Browns, the Browns, the top two defense. That's oh, yeah, they're, they're a very, very, very good defense. Top two, I mean, top three defense. Yeah, they're, they're really, really good. They just got to see what's going on with offense and everything. Uh, you know, as, as fans, hopefully, they don't figure it out, but they are, they're, they're a pretty good football team. Um, the Ravens, they, Unfortunately, took down the Lions. Uh, that's that's our second favorite team, the Detroit Lions. My brother, that's his favorite team. Uh, they got absolutely whooped on Sunday. Man, uh, they dismantled them. They definitely did. Um, I, I, you know, when we played the Ravens week two, that I think out of the three losses, that one hurt the most because, you know, it was a game where we played, you know, very, very poorly, but we only lost by three points. And there were a lot of opportunities in that game. I completely forgot we almost lost by three because it felt like we lost by a lot more because of how bad Joe Burrow played. Like it yeah. just overall, it felt like a, a worse loss than just yeah. a three point loss. It definitely did. I mean, obviously we were playing from behind the entire game and that's nothing, you know, you don't ever want to do that uh, in the national football league, try to play from behind all the time. And, you know, really frustrating uh, to see that. I mean, the, the, the Ravens just dominated the Lions in every facet. They run the football really well. Lamar Jackson, I mean, threw for 350 plus yards, something that he hasn't done in over, you know, over a year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first game that he threw for over 255 yards in 17 games. So 
that was a you know big time outing for him. The Ravens might be getting ready to click on offense, and we'll see them uh, in in like three weeks. So obviously the Bengals, hopefully they get some wins under their belt and they get ready for a big game against them in mid November. Uh, the Steelers, I mean. I'll say this. The Rams had a lead against the Steelers. The Steelers got better in the second half and they obviously scored touchdowns. And, you know, obviously we don't, we didn't know if the Rams were going to be able to go back down the field and score on the Steelers who have halted, who halted them in the second half. But I mean, come on at the last, the fourth down when Kenny Pickett sneaks it. I mean, you know, they came out and measured the spot and everything. But come on, you got to have better eyes than that to see that he was short of the first down marker. That's just absurd. He was clear, he was clearly short. Now, obviously, I'm biased because I don't like the Steelers, but I always like to take a bias hat off and say, okay, if this was my team, is it legit or the right call, not the right call? That was that was terrible. That was I don't even know how they even spotted it that bad. I was watching a replay uh, today off college, and I can't remember which, what, who it was, and in the, in the quarterback, um, he did a – he did a slide where he was giving himself up. He was one yard past the past the uh, first down, and they marked it a half yard before. It wasn't that bad, but I was yeah. just thinking, like, I, I just wonder what some of these refs are honestly looking at when they got 4K TV. We got 4K cameras in there, and you got a guy in a booth, and you still get it wrong. Yeah. That it's unbelievable. That's the big thing, and it's like you know, obviously in real time in the human element, it's like. Okay, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously tougher than it looks. Don't get me wrong. Officiating is, you know, pretty tough, you know. But the big thing about it is you've seen some officials when they've made a call, maybe it's that a guy got both feet down, and then they would quickly go back and look at the monitor, and then they would overturn the call. It wouldn't even be a challenge. They just would, would be able to yeah. just make that quick call so no one has to use a challenge or any sort of thing like that. But – in that circumstance, you would have thought with how badly short Kenny Pickett was in that situation that it would have been one of those circumstances. But it just, you know, and it was a really, you know, I think when we were watching that, we were watching it live. Mm-hmm. I remember you guys were like, that's terrible, blah, 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 which it was. But I remember when they had the spot and I was like, I was sitting back. I was like, all right, they're going to they're gonna challenge it. It's right. all good. It's outside of two minutes. But then I forgot about the rule where it said, Oh yeah, Sean McVay can't challenge this because he has no timeouts left, and we all lost it because it's like yeah. that's just it's just like that's just an absolute travesty. But uh, but nonetheless, I mean the division's doing really well. This is the best division in football. Uh, obviously, this is a Bengals show, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But let's talk about their opponent, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they started off five and zero. They lost to the Cleveland Browns last week. They lost to the 49ers. On Monday night, I mean, that, that 49ers, my fault. They lost to the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night football, 22 to 17. Uh, you know, very odd game to watch Brock Purdy playing from behind in both of those games. Uh, something that the Niners, you know, don't like to do with their system. They miss Devo Samuels. I mean, that'd be like us missing Jamar Chase, essentially, or, you know, I, or whoever you want to. They miss Devo big time. That hurt them bad. Um, uh, he, he really missed him. Purdy actually made a couple right reads. He just actually his timing was just off by a little bit on some of those throws, and you could just tell he it, it just he, he didn't he didn't hit him in stride when he should have. Yep. Um, that was Kirk Cousins did not do a typical Kirk Cousins primetime game. He, he, he did played not. actually he did have the interception, but you know for him to bring them back 
uh, right before halftime and get that touchdown. That was huge. And that that play was literally a split second off of being an interception. Oh that yeah, was, there were was, yeah, there were a few of those plays like that. I mean, it was it was close, but I mean, in the NFL, I mean, it's it's a couple of different plays that that can decide the outcome of a game, and it was definitely shown in that last night. Uh, looking at a couple of the numbers down the list, the Niners are actually top 12 in every major offensive slash defensive category in the National Football League, except for pass defense, which is something that the Bengals are obviously looking at. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's the league leader in rushing yards at 598 yards. Uh, he actually has the longest touchdown sh- uh, sh- you know, streak with a touchdown uh, in the National Football League, 16 games in a row where he's found the end zone. So he's done a really good job when it comes to that. Brock Purdy. And if you hold on, if you got him on your fantasy team too, he's putting up. Oh, dude, yeah. He's dude's straight putting up on your fantasy team. That's he's yeah. a stud this year. And the, the, the whole key with him is if he stays healthy. And the dude's just, man, he's just, he just putting up some straight fantasy points and he produces and uh, he, he makes that offense go. Got that right. I mean, obviously he had a receiving touchdown last night and he and he had a rushing touchdown as you know, he was the only guy that scored for the Niners yesterday, which was which was big for them. Uh, Brock Purdy still at 107.2 passer rating this year, which is up in the top three in the National Football League, completing around 68 percent of his passes. The whole season for Brock Purdy has been pretty well for the most part. Just the last two games I mean, he's had to play from behind and obviously hasn't gone well. I'll talk about a stat in a second about that. Um, well, Brandon Ayuk. He leads I mean, the team. He leads the team in reception or uh, receiving yards, like five five hundred eleven yards. I think going into the game, well, yeah, it was after, by after the game, five hundred eleven yeah. yards. Dude, the dude's uh, balling out. Yeah, I mean, you talk about you know, Debo Samuel's really their chess piece on offense, and they can move him around and everything. He, he's a big part of their offense. But Brandon Ayuk's a leading receiver on this team, averaging eighty five yards a game. He's the best pure receiver on that football team, I'd say. Debo Samuel's still very good, but Debo Samuel, I mean. He, he has value in many different places compared to Brandon Ayuk being a, a great pass catcher and, and being the guy that's going to make some big plays for them. And, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah, and then I mean, obviously George Kittle hasn't had the best season so far, but the Bengals have struggled with tight ends. So, you know, obviously George Kittle's last time against the Bengals, he had like 12 catches in uh, the 2021 matchup, and it was an absolute thriller that game was. Uh, we were just on the wrong side of things. Fred Warner on defense has 60-plus tackles, two sacks, two interceptions. That dude is really, really good at the game of football. Linebacker for the for the Niners. Uh, he flies around. Obviously, he got hurt last night. We'll see what his status is throughout the week. But, you know, really, really good football player. And then Nick Bosa, the highest-paid defensive player of all time in the National Football League, got off to a slow start. Uh, but obviously, yeah, have to keep an eye on him. He's obviously a top three or four pass rusher in the National Football League. But the stat I wanted to mention is under Kyle Shanahan, the Niners are 0-29 when trailing by five-plus points in the fourth quarter. They have not been able to come back. Very, very big stuff. Obviously, there were a few years where the Niners were not that good of a football team in 2017 and 2018 and even 2020 off the Super Bowl run that they had. But – it just shows that, you know, obviously they run a great system in San Francisco, but if you get ahead of the system and you disrupt the system, it's going to be hard for a team like that to come back and in the snap of a finger. But do you have any other thoughts on the 49ers as a team before we move on to the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, a couple of things. I was watching um, Pat McAfee's show today and uh, Aaron Rodgers on there, and they were talking about – he was talking about Nick Bosa. And when Nick Bosa's off the field, which is very rare, how they would try to hurry up and get a couple of different plays in that they could not put in because of that 
it was kind of interesting to hear him talk about, you know, it's very rare that he's off the field, but if he's not in there, we can run things that we could, normally could not run because he's such a disruptor. He is, I mean, he's he's elite. He's up there with the top, probably the top five, um, top five league. I did have an interesting stat, though. <clears throat> so I was looking at trying to compare, and I'll wait till we get to the Bengals to compare some of the other stuff. But I did see the 49ers are averaging five yards or six yards of play and about 4.3 yards rushing, um, which is still pretty good. Purdy, 68% completion percentage. He was 11 touchdowns and three interceptions with 12 sacks. So when we start talking about the Bengals, it's kind of interesting to see what the numbers look like when we kind of get down to them when you look at what they do. So, for instance, we're talking about the Bengals going into it. The Bengals are averaging 4.2 yards a play and 3.5 yards rushing, which – we were going to, we're going to touch on, but I think uh, that's one of the keys to our success is trying to establish that run. And, and right now we're not doing, Nixon's not hateful. He's at 3.8, the team at, at and you know, obviously uh, the quarterback goes into this as well, but 3.5 yards rushing, just not going to get it. 49ers are averaging one, almost one more yard rush per rushing attempt. That's pretty big. That's pretty big over the course of a game. Oh, 100%. I mean, obviously, if you're running the same amount of times, you run the ball 25 times a game. The Niners are, are averaging more than 100 yards a game rushing. The Bengals are averaging just under 80 yards, and that does play big dividends when it comes to short yardage and setting up yes. third downs and everything. But we will talk about the Cincinnati Bengals in just a second. We're going to take a really, really short break. Um, we'll be right back in just a second. Um, but we'll talk about the Bengals on the other side. All right, and we are back on the Cut to the Chase Bengals Blitz. I'm your host, Chase Johnson, my father, Chad Young Sr. on the other line. It sounds alike. It is what it is. You just got to deal with it. Uh, we're just bringing some some points into this. Um, you know, we talked a little bit. My dad mentioned about the Bengals, um, you know, before we went to break, about some of the yards per play and some of the stats that were going on. Uh, and the big thing being quarterback. Let me ask you this. Do you think Joe Burrow will be back to near 100% come Sunday? What do you think? I think he's going to be back. My question is going to be the play calling. Are we going to put him in a situation um, to where he, you know, the play calling is the correct play call for what we're probably going to, Probably what we're probably gonna see cover two again. I'm guessing. Yeah, we'll see a lot of a lot of stuff. The Niners are in a lot of, a lot of zone and everything. So and we just got to know that you got to dink and dunk on some of that stuff and just take what they give you. Um, I, I think he will be. Uh, you know, this year obviously his, his numbers are down. Um, he played the first few games. I mean, hurt. He is. He's still probably not a hundred percent, but he's probably as close as we're probably gonna see him. Considering he's gonna have to play through a lot of this. He's at sixty three percent completion for the year, which is didn't he lead the league last year in completion percentage? Well, coming into coming into the league season, he was the all-time leader in completion percentage in the National Football League. So this is not like Joe at all, obviously. No, and his numbers are down. I mean, now the sacks are down, which is really good. Uh, but he's like, I think I had him at seven touchdowns and four interceptions to Brock yep. Purdy's eleven and three. So they're not that far off. But he has fourteen sacks to Purdy's twelve. Um, you saw the last couple games his elusiveness. Um, he's not. Super fast, but he, you know, if you remember back in, back in the day, um, Ben Roethlisberger, even just a few years ago, guy was just a hard guy to get down. He he wasn't fast at all. Joe Burrow's more athletic than Ben Roethlisberger, mm. but he but when he's when he's right, he's really he's really elusive. He's just not super fast, but he's hard to get down. 
Yeah, I mean, just being able to extend plays, you know, obviously has been the big thing over the last couple of years. I mean, no play is perfect. No pocket's going to ever be perfect, but just being able to extend plays for Joe Burrow. And we've seen the last couple, you know, the last two weeks, which has resulted in wins. You know, obviously Joe didn't play great in week six. He played, yeah. you know, very well in week five. Uh, but we've seen Joe being able to extend plays and, he looked sharper on the first two drives of, of the Seahawks game. And he looked, you know, very well in that that Cardinals game. It was a lot of quick game stuff. It was a lot of progression. It was a lot of building things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a really big thing for Joe Burrow. I think, you know, he'll be, you know, like I said, close to back as he'll be. Um, I, You know, obviously, there's, there's no excuse at this point with the calf. He's already played through six yeah. weeks. He's gotten us to three and three after all the stuff because – you know, this year so far, us Bengals fans have felt really, really frustrated and, and agitated about the entire thing that's going on. And, you know, at this point, you know, there's no excuses whatsoever. And this team is getting healthier and healthier. Uh, and that's going to be a big thing going forward. And hopefully we get, you know, the full Joe Burrow back. When we're looking at the run attack, like like said, Mixon averaging 3.8 yards per carry. Obviously, would like to see a little more production for him, but we'd like to see a little more carries for him. That's going to be a yes. big thing. Play calling has been the big thing. Obviously, Brian Callahan has, has shown up on a few shows, uh, a lot of Bengals shows this week, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, some things that they want to fix and, you know, some things that have gone well uh, over the first six weeks, obviously a lot more things that they want to fix, but they are three and three football team. So obviously, you know, the buy over the last couple of years has done some pretty good things for Cincinnati Bengals. If you look, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously we've gotten on some big runs. Uh, you know, we had week 10 buys at the time. We have a week seven buy, not going into week eight. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how things shift, but obviously we like to see a lot more Joe Mixon being able to, have a threat in the run game and just to relieve some pressure off of Joe Burrow going forward. I am uh, not a real big fan of the early buys. Uh, in this case, it probably because of his calf probably worked out well. I, I like that week 10 to 14 buy just because you're getting later and later in the season when the guys need more and more rest. Uh, but probably in this case, the week seven uh, tends to probably work in his favor. Just that extra week of rest is, is, is probably pretty big for him. You know, one of the keys I was looking at on this too, um, that's been our Achilles heel this year, which has not been the case the last few years. You know, Joe always, they, he always finds a way to make a play, especially when we need a big, a big third down conversion. We're 27 of 81 on third down. That's terrible. That, yep. we're, we're not even at, what's that? 30%? It's 33% right 33, there. 33, 33%. Um, yep. That's a killer for us. And I think, you know, with the rushing and the lack of no tight end production, you have no Man. tight end production. I think for them, the lack of tight end production, the run game, um, yeah, that's just and the third down conversion is probably some of the keys for us. Lucky for us, Orlando Brown's fine. He was, I heard him on the radio today talking with somebody. He said his groin's fine. He's going to be okay. I guess he had strained a groin. I didn't realize he had done that. Yep. Um, I mean, if we lost him, that would be big. Um, the fact that uh, Debo's out is kind of big for us for the 49ers. They they look uh, a little a little bit uh, not easy to beat, but just obviously taking away that major weapon for them has, has hurt Brock Purdy. Yeah, I'd say so as well. I mean, and, and, you know, big thing is something that has not normally been a problem for us, you know, this season has been really receiver production. I mean, Jamar Chase has been fantastic. He's had two 
huge games to say the least. Yeah. But Tyler Boyd, only 204 yards receiving. T. Higgins has battled through injury, but he has not had a great year when he's been on the field. Obviously, a rib injury is nothing, you know, to, to sell short. It was, you know, a, you know, it's, it's a bad injury playing through broken ribs in a high contact sport uh joe mixon trenton Irwin. i mean trenton Irwin stepped up in the cardinals game he was very big having yeah, you know yeah. career high eight receptions um just you want to see more production from these guys if possible but we got to have some type of complimentary offense and, and our quarterback's got to be better he's got to be on point and joe burrow he you know his production this year for quarterbacks in the national football league it's probably, you know, like a C when it comes to quarterbacks oh, yeah. around the league. Mm-hmm. But for Joe Burrow, this is almost a D minus compared to what he normally is at. I mean, Joe Burrow's an A-level quarterback. He is, you know, as people would mention, going, you know, going through last year, arguably the second best quarterback in the National Football League. And his, you know, his his okay level, his bad level is actually, you know, not bad. It's three and three in the National Football League. But yeah. if you see a different Joe Burrow come out, we see the Joe Burrow that we know and love as a Bengals quarterback, and we see him come out and play close to elite or very elite going forward, then we'll be we'll be here talking in late January, early February, if that's the case. That's what game was it we saw him step into that deep ball? It wasn't Arizona. It was, was it the game it, before? It was Arizona. That was, it was the, Arizona. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of had an idea that it's back because you I you could tell earlier on that he wasn't getting the step in. He was forcing some balls downfield, leaving them short because you know he he doesn't have he doesn't have elite arm strength. He's not a he didn't have Josh Allen arm strength. He yeah. has very good arm strength but not like a cannon, uh, you would think. he He's the all-around complete quarterback, but he doesn't have that cannon. With him not having the cap, he just can't sling it that far. He was coming up short on some things. When I saw him in that Arizona Cardinals game, when I saw him step in that pass, I'm like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's a touchdown. They ain't going to touch it. So um, I really feel pretty good about where we're at. If they get the, if they start I – th- I think the keys to us is keeping that up-tempo going – and yep. him just taking what they're giving him, not trying to force too much, and then all of a sudden it will open up. Yeah, I agree. And I think when we're looking at keys to success specifically for Sunday, um, you know, when it comes to – we haven't even talked about our defense yet. Uh, mm-hmm. For the defense, you know, the defense has got to come out, and I'm not going to say necessarily shut down the Niners run game because, you know, it's a tough thing to shut down. There's some things that are, you know, are almost impossible to shut down, and – they're one of those things that it's like, all right, you know, with the Niners, they're going to run the football. It's going to be really good. I think they're going to have to limit the run game, and they're going to have to really put a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy. Brock yes. Purdy's able to throw when, you know, teams are playing umbrella coverage on the back end, if they're playing soft zone and everything. I honestly think you kind of got to you gotta, you gotta test it out real quick and see if our guys can, can, can hang with them man-to-man, not necessarily, you know, guarding a guy like George Kittle, who has been a problem for us. At, at the tight end position, but their receivers test our young corners on their young receivers and, and see what happens in man-to-man coverage and try to put Brock Purdy under pressure and make him uncomfortable. That's going to be a big thing. Yeah. Well, look at, look what the chiefs have done the last couple of years. They went with young guys who were inexperienced, but they could do it because they had Chris Jones. When exactly. you put a lot of pressure up front, it makes that ball come out faster and it, and it kind of masks some of your weakness. I'm not saying the secondary is weak, but obviously we miss Jesse Bates. Yeah. But but we're, Dax Hill has come into his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt, legit dude. Dude is he's a he's a good player and he brings mm-hmm. the wood man. When he hits you, he hits you. But yeah. 
that's kind of our unproven piece. And if if Sam Hubbard and them can get to Brock Purdy, it'll it'll help it'll help mask some of that deficiency we have as these guys are growing and learning because they're so young. Yeah, and like you said, the Chiefs have a guy in Chris Jones. We have a guy named Trey Hendrickson who has been on an absolute yes. tear this season. Seven yes, sacks yeah. in six games. Obviously, um, it feels as though that Trent Williams is going to probably be back for this game, which is very, very big for the Niners' standpoint yeah. because if you know if they don't walk Trent Williams out there, I feel overly confident that Trey Hendrickson is going to get home to Brock Purdy a couple of times this game. But obviously, we're going to have to keep an eye on that throughout the week. The Bengals' defensive line, 19 sacks uh, over the course of six games. They've been really, really dominant. The linebackers and Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt have played very well when it comes very to well. trying to – you know, in the past game, of course, the run defense is the biggest thing. It's the biggest yeah. Achilles heel on this on this front. Uh, they, they just got to, you know, try to limit the run game and really step things up. When we're looking, you know, like you said, the secondary, young secondary. Also, DJ Turner's played really well. Cheeto's yeah, yeah. got to get back up to speed. Obviously, you know, he's getting older. The ACLs obviously played some effect uh, into that. But, you know, like I said, you know, the younger guys are getting reps and they've done a really good job with them and they just got to keep developing. It's going to be a big thing going forward. But when you look at the offensive side of the ball for the Cincinnati Bengals, the big thing, obviously, every single game is going to be we have to protect Joe Burrow. That's good. That's, that's a given. That's that's, that's one of the, the couple commandments that go into the Cincinnati Bengals when number nine's out there on the field. But a huge thing is this. We can take advantage of our receivers against their corners. Chevarius yes, Ward, Lenore. Uh, they move some guys around in the slot. They have some good safeties on the back end, an older guy into Sean Gibson who's bounced around the league a little bit. Talona Hafunga, very good young player. But, you know, the Bengals in their quick game, playing up tempo, mm-hmm. winning their man-to-man matchups or finding their zones and Burrow being on target and on time is going to be huge. And if that's the case and the Bengals come out playing with pace and they're efficient, then – there's a good chance that Burrow could carve up this Niner secondary like he did in 2021. We went for 350 and two touchdowns and almost let it, you know, led the comeback off. I know we lost, but he's done it before. Hopefully he can do it again. Yeah. When we lost the, when we lost the last time, didn't we muff two punts? Darius Phillips. Unfortunately, I mean, that, that, was two pretty, punts. that was pretty yeah. big. Uh, now I, I do expect now T Higgins with coming off the ribs and I know people are kind of on him and he's got a big contract year coming up. And if we can keep him, I want to keep him. I know he's, he's had a little bit of off year. Man, he's battled some injuries. And I'll tell you what, yes. you, you, you break a rib or two, it it, it, it hurts to breathe. And this oh, yeah. dude's out playing contact sport. And then he's stretching out. You're yep. stretching out for balls. It, yeah. it gives you a little bit of alligator arms. I mean, and, and yeah. not even on purpose. Like just It's just part of what it is. I, this bye week probably came at a very good time for us with, with when it came to Joe and with T, honestly. I expect T to probably have a pretty good game. Because if you're San Francisco, I'm taking away Jamar Chase as best I can. I'm gonna make somebody else beat you. And you're t- and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are more than capable of putting up big numbers and eating you up. I agree, and I think this is a big thing. Last year when we watched the Bengals play, you know, we had our. I know we lost to the Browns on Monday Night Football, but I think our big turning point when we started really figuring things out was against the Saints last year, and we were doing quick game, and we were taking mm. what the defense gave. Jamar Chase had a big game and scored the game-winning touchdown with two minutes to go. 
But there was that game, and then off the bye over you know the last two years, the Bengals have had some pretty good bye weeks overall. And coming off uh, in twenty twenty one, we beat the Raiders. It was a tight one for a while, and then the Bengals pulled away and they won thirty two to thirteen. And then last year we were at the Pittsburgh game. Obviously, you were under some COVID restrictions that that went on. That was rough. I mean, obviously, yeah, it was it was a rough one, but. For the Bengals, it wasn't. They won 37 to 30. So coming off the bye has been good to the Bengals the last two years. Hopefully in this scenario, they're well rested. And the Niners are going to come into this game very, very pissed off, losing two in a row on the road, yeah. coming in, you know, coming in home. But the Bengals, if you want to be a contender, if you want to prove that we're still here and that we're back and that we're trying to get back to the Super Bowl like everybody predicted, like a lot of people picked us to go, uh, you got to win this game. I think you got to win one of the next two games, yeah. either the, yep. the Niners or Bills. But you got to go one or two minimum. You, yeah, you have to you know, like go one, one and one in those two. But, I mean, this one is huge when it comes to the value in the, in the National Football League. Do you want to know one thing I was hoping Kyle Shanahan, when I saw him in the interview afterwards, I said, please don't say we're on to Cincinnati. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we are. Like, no, not, not, not good Belichick, stuff. Man. This yeah. is not Bill Belichick. But yeah. I, think it, I think I said, the buy is going to do us well. Unfortunately, yes, they're coming off being pissed off. I'd rather them be fat and fat and sassy coming into play us, yeah. but uh, they're not. And But you know what? Uh, I'd, I'd rather play the best. Uh, and they got to be considered one of the top five, six, seven teams, even with that loss. Easily. Um, and if we beat them, then I feel better about us because then that tells me we're we're getting close to where we need to be. And if somehow we beat them and then beat the Bills, then I feel really good. But I, I'm with you. We got to go at least one and one over the next two games. We got one out of the next two games. We've got to win because both those teams are legit contenders. And and if you're telling me I'd rather I'd rather start a streak with the if I had to the Bills, I just can't stand the 49ers. Yeah, I mean a- just for for. Uh, you know, for historical purposes, I just can't stand them. But uh, they're a great team. And Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. You know what's funny about that is the Browns had him on their staff. They had Mike McDaniels on their staff. Everybody let him go. And look what he's doing. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Yep. He's had a ridiculous tree in the National Football League. But this, obviously, the Bengals, it's a huge game. It's 425 CBS, nationally televised, Nance and Romo on the call. Mm-hmm. Every aspect of this game. The Niners are trying to avoid a three-game losing streak. The Bengals are trying to create a three-game win streak. And two things are going to clash at once. We're excited to see what happens in it, hopefully resulting in a Bengals victory. Do you have anything before we get on out of here? Who day? That's all we got to say. Who day on Sunday, and we will see you guys next time. That three. <laughs>